Well, good evening again. Thank you for being here. We kind of started the series last week. I stumbled upon this verse and I said, you know what? I just want to keep talking about it if that's all right for the next couple of weeks. So if today happens to be your first time, you can watch last week's in the app or on, online. And we're going to do uh, one more on the day of water baptism, which I am thrilled that we're going to end 2016 baptizing people. I think that's the greatest way to end a year and on Wednesday nights is telling people how awesome Jesus has been in their life and water baptism. So if you have never been to one, like Pastor Matt said, you need to be here. But tonight... We're starting or continuing in this series, He Shall Be Called, and we're taking it from the book of Isaiah, a prophet who over 700 years before Jesus was ever even born or a thought, as my dad used to say, before you were ever a thought, uh, this verse and the story of Jesus is told in the prophet. But before we do, we're going to be talking about the name. And again, I said this last week, and I truly believe, I think Shakespeare got it wrong. You know, Shakespeare said that what's in a name? What's the big deal about a name? A rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. True, but names are important. I remember when Jeremiah was about to be born, our oldest son, and we were struggling. We went through, I think we went through like four of those baby book names. I mean, and we're talking about, have you seen those things? They're like this thick, right? And we're like, not good enough, not good enough. Not good. I mean, literally through four of those books. And we got to the, to the very last week before everyone's asking us, what's his name going to be? What's his name going to be? And we had one name picked out, and we were pretty sure. And then literally the night before he was born, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, you can't name him until you see him. And I was like, but you better tell my wife that because we've already picked his name, and we're already ready for this. And, and so we are there in labor and delivery, and I'm telling, we're, we're, what is, my wife's looking at me, what's his name going to be? What did the Lord say? I was like, I, he just said we have to see him. And, and the name that we had picked out for him when we saw our son was not his name. <laughs> that's, you're right, Lord, that's not his name. And the name Jeremiah came to my heart because we truly believe our son has some great plans over his life. And that name was important. And we picked that name uh, because we felt like God had big plans for our son. Names are important. And, and I, I know they say that they're overrated, but I truly believe that names are truly important. For example, um, it, names are so important, I think you're going to be a little bit blown away by this uh, understanding of how we translate names and we use names. Because I could put this name up, this first name is going to come up, and it's really hard to say, but it's a real name, I promise. I didn't just mistype anything on the computer. All right, Agnes Gongsa Bojaksu. That's how you pronounce that. Now, when you say that, you may go, sounds like the parents needed to slap themselves before they gave that kid their name, right? And I might agree with you for a second and say it's really hard to say. Um, but, you know, you may say that name and see nothing of value in that name. You may go, Agnes, that's a weird name. Or I can't even pronounce Bojaksu. Who can pronounce that? Uh, and you may say that there's no value in this name at all. But the reality is this person's real name is this lady by here that you may know very well, right? We know her by Mother Teresa. Now, that's a pretty famous name. I think that's an important name that all of us could say that name has value. And so maybe Agnes didn't, but, but Mother Teresa does. It's important. Our names are important. Another one that you may go, I don't, I don't see the value in this name, but here you go. Go Yathle. It actually means... One who, who he, doesn't sound very exciting. The name actually means boring, all right? It means a person who yawns. And knew, none of us will go around saying, that's the name I'm going to name my son. You know, go, the, he want him to be lazy when he's older. No. But we know this guy and his more popular name as this guy. The guy that everyone yells, 
when they're jumping out of a plane, the sign of bravery, the sign of the anti-I'm-lazy name. Geronimo, right? That's the name that we know him by, and we know him by that name. And you may say, I didn't know he had another name. See, names are important. What about, what about this name? Maybe you know this name, maybe you don't. Francis Ethel Gum. Sounds dated a little bit, right? I'll just be nice. It sounds, no one uses the name Ethel anymore. Gum sounds like something on the bottom of my shoe, okay? Uh, this, you may see this name and go, nobody important is attached to this name, but now you're getting an idea that there's somebody pretty important attached to the end of this name. And you may say this name has no value, but the name that she goes by, which is this name, you may say, I know that name. And that name is really important. That name is very valuable. It has a lot of meaning and history behind it, right? Judy Garland, that's her, her stage name, the name that she took. No one knows Ethel Gum, but everyone knows Judy Garland. What about this one? I think you'd be a little bit surprised by this one. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanota, right? Sounds like somebody from royalty maybe, maybe somebody a little important. It's actually this lady. That's her real name. And you may say, I didn't know she had a real name, but that's her real name. This lady. Yeah, that's her real name. You know, she can't get on the stage and say, welcome to the stage. You know, the guy would fall asleep before he got to the end of her name, all right? So names are important. And then here's one that you may say, you know, Pete, uh, Peter Jean Hernandez. You might think, well, that name might have a little bit of value. It's Hernandez, and that's Pastor Mike's last name. Maybe this is one of Pastor Mike's family members or a cousin, or maybe there's a little bit of value. And I might say, you know what? I'm actually going to look this name up, and I'm going to find out really if I am related to this guy. But he doesn't like this name for whatever reason. I love the name Hernandez, uh, but he doesn't. He picked this name instead to tell the world who he is. He picked Bruno Mars. I'm like, seriously, dude, I bet you were related somehow. I'm no. He's like my third cousin, twice removed. Names are important, and names can surprise you, but, but we're, we're, we're talking about the name, the name by which all names are under, the, the name by which every knee is going to bow one day, the name by which we just sang for 35 minutes about the almighty name, the name of Jesus, the name we're celebrating all season long. And Isaiah, over 700 years before he was ever born, said, this guy's name is going to be significant. And it's going to be picked out for him by God. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, if you have the app, that's where we're at. It says this, for unto us is a child is born. This is a prophecy. For us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Wonderful counselor. We talked about him last week. How Jesus desires to be our wonderful counselor. To come alongside of us in life, and we're not, we're not, we're not uh, to, supposed to do life alone, and we don't have a Savior or a God who doesn't understand what we go through. No, Jesus was both man and human. He understands. And that's why he was given the name Counselor. Because for some of us in this room, we need him to hear us. We need him to hear our deepest, darkest parts of our life. And to know that he's going to love us even though it's pretty dark in there. He's the wonderful Counselor. But they also gave him another name. We're going to talk about this name tonight. Mighty God. Man, I'm so glad they didn't say Wimpy God, or shallow God, or small God, or, you know, God that has to, you know, recharge every now and then and go on vacation and come back after the first of the year so he's good to go, God. I'm so glad that he is not subjected to the things that my human body is subjected to. He is a mighty God. And we're going to talk about that name. They call him the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Jeremiah, my, not my son, but the person in the Bible, 
he caught wind of this prophecy. Jeremiah, another prophet, he got wind of this, and he used this phrase to describe God's power. In Jeremiah 32, verse 17, it says, Ah, sovereign Lord. And that really, that ah is just this like, I, it's so like mind-blowing of a statement I'm about to say. Kind of like, you, you, hold on to your seats. I'm about to tell you something awesome. That's what this word means, that little two-letter word. It really means all those things, all right? Ah, sovereign God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Come on, church, if it's underlining up there, you know what to do. Say it with me. By your great power. It says, and your outstretched arm. What is it too hard for God? Nothing is too hard for him. This is the God that we're talking about. This was the name given to Jesus, the name by which we just prayed to a few moments ago, the name by which we are saved, that there is a name that there is nothing too hard for. Aren't you glad? There are some things at Walmart I can't even find at Walmart anymore, right? There's some things I can't, I can't go to, to, to the gas station to find, Diamond Shamrock or, or Valero as it's known now. There are some names that, that fall a little short, but there's one name that nothing is impossible for this name. He is our mighty God, the name of Jesus. That's him. And that's who we're talking about tonight. Yeah. And we sang this word. You probably didn't even know you were singing it because it's not a word that we use a whole lot unless we're talking about a movie that came out a few years ago, the word almighty, all right? Maybe you say, yeah, Bruce Almighty, I saw that show. Uh, we don't use this phrase a lot, but we sang it a ton tonight, and it truly means all-powerful, almighty, smashed into one word. It's the, the Latin word all. We took the word omni, and we turned it into the word all. They had the word omni, omnipresent, or omnipotent, or omni. The other one, <laughs> omniscient, that, there it is. Uh, all of those omni words, and we made it into a hotel. No, we turned it, and we said that omni, we used the word all, but it almighty truly means omnipotent, omnipowerful, almighty. That's what it means, and that's the character of God we're going to talk about. And there are three characters, I've already said them, that we've talked about God and we've used, and you've heard if you've been in church for a long time, or maybe this is your first time. We say God has these three character traits. He's um, omniscient omniscient, all right, all everywhere, or all-knowing, excuse me, he's all-knowing, omniscient, he knows, and sometimes, sometimes I think I have that in my life, that I have a little bit of the omnisciency. The other day, I'm driving on Petrenko in 1604, and God knows you need every ounce of almighty strength to drive on 1604 in Petrenko right now, and there's a part of Petrenko, part of the road in our town here in Texas called Petrenko, if you're watching outside, that is under construction, and that just seems to be San Antonio right now. Everywhere you go, we've got construction. So blessed are those who live in the farmlands of our nation. But in San Antonio, we've got construction right now. And there there, there goes a two-lane road goes into a one-lane road. I don't know why. I haven't seen anybody working on this road since they've started this project. But there are barrels there, and they've been there for about five months now. And so for the past five months, you know, you have to merge. Everyone who's driven on Petrenko knows when you're headed towards 1604, you got to merge into one lane. But every now and then, the two lanes go, and, and that person just doesn't want to get over to the very last moment. The barrel, I mean, literally, the barrel and their bumper are making out because they're so close to it, and then they decide to get over. And so I felt like I, you know, I have a little bit of this, and, and, and so I, I do what I felt like the Holy Spirit, I mean, he wasn't leading me at all in this, so I'm making that up. I felt like what my flesh told myself to do was to get over and to block both lanes. So I'm that guy. Yeah, that's me. I got into both lanes. I'm like, we're all going to have to get over in a few seconds anyway. So I'm just going to get over a little bit. 
and block both lanes. So now everyone behind me has to get over, and I, you know, right? Well, this one person was right behind me, and they were blowing the horn, flashing their lights, flailing their arms, and I thought, I've got the gift of omniscience here. I know exactly what she's saying. I know exactly what she's thinking. She's thinking, I'm so thankful this guy is directing traffic at this moment so nobody else can cut in front of us. That's only partly true. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't thinking that at all. But God has this ability to be omniscient. He has this ability to, all, to know all things, but he also has the omnipresence. He can be everywhere. Do you know this? The enemy doesn't have any of these gifts. Do you know the enemy tries to pretend that he does, but he doesn't? The enemy doesn't know everything, and he can't be everywhere. Only one name can be everywhere and know all things. That's the name of Jesus. But tonight, yeah, but tonight, we're going to dive down into that last one, the omnipotent, the all-powerful, all-knowing, oh, excuse me, almighty God. And you guys know me, it was not a very profound message tonight, but three simple thoughts about this powerful power that is in the name of Jesus. And before you get to, you know, well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just here checking out this whole God thing. I want to tell you that this power is available to everyone. I love what Pastor Jim said in the kids' play. I don't know if you caught this, but he said if it was, if it was something we had to work for, the weak would not have it in the strong wood. And if it was something we had to pay for, the rich would have it and the poor would be without. This power we're going to talk about, this almighty God, this name, the Bible says we have access to it to actually live inside of our hearts and to actually speak this name out of our own lips. Everyone does. I don't care what background you come from. I don't care what, what, what your history looks like. You have the ability to have access to this almighty God that we speak of tonight. He came here to be known to you and I as the almighty. So here's just some truths about this powerful person and this power that's available through Jesus. And first one is just this. Jesus' power, you got to know this, it works in you. It doesn't just work around you, it works in you. This power that comes with Christ is available to work on the inside, not just the outside. I remember when I first got saved, I thought, you know, I said the prayer, I thought my hair was supposed to turn blonde and my eyes were going to turn blue and I was just going to get like a six pack. I thought it was all just going to be like this outward awesomeness that took place. And of course, all of that happened. Um, no, none of it happened, right? I was like, Lord, come on, at least take the acne away, please. You know, nothing. It, was, it, was, it wasn't an outward transformation. What Jesus does starts on the inside of my heart and it deals with the sin issue that I had. It's an inward power. It's the ability to work inside of you. Like Philippians says, Paul captured this. And he says, for God is working what? In you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. You may say, we've said this, right? I just don't have it in me. Yes, you do. If you call upon the name of Jesus, the almighty, that power has the ability to live in you. Matter of fact. It's not in your notes, it's not on your screen, but if you want to write it down, in Romans, Paul picks this up again, the same thought, and he says, listen, if the spirit that is with Jesus was able to raise him from the dead, and that spirit lives in you, guess what? You're able to be brought from the dead back to life. That power is alive and active in you. It's, a, uh, it's able to be inside of you, not just in your parents, or your professors, or the pastor, like. It's available on a personal level tonight. Jesus Almighty is available on a personal level. It works in you. Number two, simply, Jesus' power is at work for you. 
There's sometimes you need God to come inside and to forgive us of our sins, that, save, that Savior moment. But then there's sometimes you just need to know, God, are you got my back? God, are you here, that Emmanuel moment? Are you, are you with us? Isaiah still in his, in his uh, gifting of being a prophet in the Old Testament picks up this, this, uh, this prophecy again. And he says, listen, about Jesus, talking about Jesus, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the who? The weak. I don't know about you, but there's been moments on 1604 that I've been weak, okay? There's been moments in my life as a dad, as a husband, as a father, as just as a believer that I've just fallen short. And I love the fact that Jesus' power, yes, it has changed me on the inside, but he didn't just say, I changed you, bye-bye, good luck. I did the whole salvation thing. Now you got to catch up to me in heaven. No, he says, I'm going to come alongside of you, and as you walk through life, my power is going to work for you, and I'm in this with you together. And when you're weak, guess what? That power that is inside of you is going to be able to be for you as well. And when you're weak, I'm going to be making you perfect on the inside. I love that that's here. And it says this, even youths grow tired and weary. Ain't that the truth? You know that actually the word youth means athlete. I'm so glad that that's in there. I'm tired of all these people that are athletic, you know, they run past me in the, while I'm eating a donut. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm so glad it says that even the athletes get winded. Because the reality is he's trying to say no matter what playing field you, everyone is going to get to this moment where they're going to get weak. And it says even youths grow tired and weary. Youth in Hebrew literally means athletic, Hebrew, uh, Olympic athlete. It says even the, and the young man will stumble <clears throat> and fall. But those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That's Jesus' power working for you. And maybe at the end of 2016, you're like, I'm spent. Like I, I, I've run, and so I'm just, I'm spent spiritually. I'm spent emotionally. Can I tell you the same power that lives in you is available to be and work for you. It, it, Jesus isn't in heaven going, figure it out. No, he's saying, I'm here. I'm here to walk through this with you. I'm here to let this work for you. Again, Paul in 2 Corinthians picks this up. Paul, in this conversation, such an interesting conversation. Paul's struggling with something, and we don't, Scripture doesn't give us detail of what it is. A thorn in his side, the word calls it. Some call it a pain. Some call it a, a demon. Some call it, but there's something that's been pecking away at uh, Paul. He sat before the Lord and said, God, take this away. This, this thing that pecks at me makes me weak. And here's, here's his response, God's response. This power that works for you. Talking about Jesus, here it is. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. I don't understand that, but I'm so thankful that in my weakness, God's even stronger. So now I'm glad to boast, Paul says, about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. He says, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. Sometimes that's what we have to understand is that when we are going through the issues, we don't have to do this alone. Jesus' power is available to work for us in that moment to just to just lean on him. 2016 might have been a rough year, according to a lot of political conversations and the media of our world. 2016 was the worst year ever. I don't know if I agree with that. 
had a pretty decent 2016, but maybe you didn't. Maybe you are done. You're ready to blow up 2016, ready to just be like, peace, turn the page. I don't want anything. I don't even hear the word 16 ever again, all right? I don't, I don't know where you're at, but I do know this. God is able to work for you in this moment. And as you turn the page into a new year, turn the page into a new season of your life, God will be waiting for you in that new year to work alongside of every situation you're going to face. Jesus' power, this almighty God is at work for you. And then lastly, just simply this, Jesus' power is at work through you. There are some things God's power is designed to save and to help us as we hobble along life. But then there's an aspect of God's power that is designed for you to have access to because God wants to get it through you to somebody else. God wants you to be the conduit of his power. Yes, that's exactly what I said. That's how it's designed. God says, I choose you to bring my power, to bring my rescuing message, to bring hope, to bring joy. I choose you to bring that to this group of people over here. I choose you to be joy in your house, for your house. I choose you to bring power through you so that your campus will know who Jesus is, so that your family will know who Jesus is and who I am. God says, I'm going to give you an access of my authority, my power, because I want to get it through you. That's profound to me. Humbling, but that God would say, I trust you enough. I want to use my power through you. He did this in the book of Acts when he told the disciples, guys, I'm going. I got got to go. It's actually better for you that I go. What? That makes sense. Because if I go, I can send the Holy Spirit, that power that raised me from the dead, that power. I don't do anything on my own. I do it through the Holy Spirit, Jesus would say over and over again. I'm going to send that to you. Why? So we can barricade ourselves in the upper room and Let it die with us in the upper room? No, Jesus says, so you will be my witnesses. So you will take the experience and the person of Jesus everywhere you go. And that's exactly what happened. And if it wasn't true, we wouldn't be here 2,000 plus years talking about this power. But that's what God does. He sent, in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says he sent the Holy Spirit so you and I would have power. That's what it says. We would have power power in the Holy Spirit and be his witnesses. And then Paul says this again in 2 Corinthians. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. There it is. Come on, let's say that with some power. All right, can we say that again? But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom That's guilt-driven. Oh, man. But on God's power. How am I going to get through this Christmas season? Well, I just need to make sure that paycheck comes. I just need to make sure that the bills are a little bit. No, we don't rely on man's wisdom to get us through. We rely on God's power to get us through. To get us through. Jesus' power, it's 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 personal. It's not this organized religion. No, 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 no. It's personal. It can be inside of us. But it also is to help us and it's for us. But I love this, that it's, it's so potent that it can go through you. 
and be used. And people that don't even know Jesus can see Jesus in you and go, I kind of like what, what you're offering there. What is this? This is a little different. You're joyful. Everybody else in the office is curmudgeon, man. They're just, Arr. you're different. Why? Oh, you must have got a bonus. No, no, no. See, I don't rely on man's wisdom. It's on God's power. I'm, I'm, I'm joyful because the joy of the Lord is my strength, not anything else. See how it all fits in there? It's able to work through you and it, it'll reach out to other people. So this season, I don't know what it is. That, I don't know what it is about this, this declaration of this unto us is born a son and he shall be called Emmanuel. That's the, that's the verse that we got. He shall be our mighty God. Maybe all year long he's been, I don't know, God. I don't see you, God. I don't sense you, God. Tonight, we can leave this place and be reminded that he is almighty God. Almighty God. Working in you, for you, and through you. Through the person in the name of Jesus. Amen? Awesome. Let's pray. Father, I know there are people in this room that there's tension in their heart. They're here tonight, God, and they're searching. They're hoping. They're trusting. And it may be small trust right now, but there's a, there's a, a hair of trust that, Lord, that you possibly could be this almighty God they're not sure but they're willing tonight to just say God I I need to know I need to experience this and I'm willing to trust you their hearts have been swayed their hearts have been not by any words up on this platform but by the power of the Holy Spirit working through me to them and from them to those around them, Father. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're, you're here tonight or watching online. And you say, you know what, tonight, and I, I need to know, I need to know that Jesus' power is living inside of me. I need to know that God has not abandoned me, that he truly is for me and not against me. Or maybe tonight you're saying, man, I, I want the boldness to be able to, to be a light in this Christmas season. And not just one in my house. I want to be one in my office. I want to be one in my family. I want to be one in my job. I want to be one in my school campus. I want to be one everywhere I go. If any one of those, just you know what, that's me. Tonight, as I finish this prayer, I want you to acknowledge. I want you to be involved. I want you to say, you know what, I, I'm with you, Pastor Mike. I need Jesus in me. I need Jesus for me. I need Jesus through me tonight. Just by acknowledging, say, that's me. When I say this prayer, you're acknowledging that's me. Just would you lift your hand all over this room? I want, G I want that power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I want it inside of me. Amen. I see your hands all over this room. I see your hands all over this room. Let's just pray together again, just sealing this moment. God, you saw their hands. There's no, nothing special in necessarily lifting my hand. It doesn't make me any more spiritual than anybody else. But what it does is it tells my physical body that I'm not afraid anymore, that I'm willing to stretch out, I'm willing to reach up, I'm willing to reach outside of my comfort zone, and I'm willing to acknowledge that I need Jesus, this almighty God, working in my life. And those who are bold enough to lift your hand, and maybe even some who are timid and shy, but now they just feel like, Lord, this is for them. 
This is what this season is about. You, Emmanuel, God with us, not God away from us, not God once was, not God used to be, but God with us. It's an active, moving word. It's a living word. And it's still available today to us. Jesus, the name that's able to save us, is still able to do that today. And God, we just humble ourselves and say, Lord, we need you. We acknowledge. We don't want to do, Je- we don't want to do life without Jesus in us, through us, and for us. And those that lifted their hands, those that tonight with their heart are praying their own prayer tonight saying, Jesus, move on my behalf. Jesus, speak to us. I pray you would do so, God. Because you can be everywhere. You can know all hearts. And you are all powerful. Nothing is impossible. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of that. And everyone said, amen. Amen.